Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? really, this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And this is actually the start of season four. So, um, Mike, that means big, big changes, right? Sure. Season <laughs> quattro. Yeah. All, all that means is we change a fucking number. Nothing else That's changes. Right. We don't we don't do anything special. But we do have someone special on tonight. We're back to a guest tonight, which is which is cool. So um, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Guest, and then uh, just do a brief intro, who you are, where you're from, that sort of thing. And then uh, we'll get started, okay? Thank you, Mr. Guest. Okay. Uh, my name my name is Mike. I'm with Sober Press. It's just me behind uh, the the website and the Instagram and all that fun stuff. I'm an alcoholic, drug addict, recovering uh, since April 9, 2019. Awesome. Oh. Yeah, and uh, and I think well, first of all, um, since we have and this is the first time that we've actually had two people with the same name on here. So uh, Mike from Sober Press, you're going to remain Mike, and I'm just going to make this easy. <laughs> um, the other Mike, I'm just going to call fucker because we, we call each other that anyhow. Right. Uh, so we've got, ah. we've got, we've got Mike and we've got, if I say fucker, then you know, it's not you, Mike, it's, and Mike obviously knows it's him. So, Oh, I know it's me. <laughs> that's, that's one of our, we actually introduce, uh, or I'm sorry, greet each other with, uh, with motherfucker all the time in different Yes, different we do. Variations. Well, so, or whore. Uh, me too. Yeah, I was whore. MF motherfucker all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so don't don't answer to that tonight, though. You're just Mike. The one over there is fucker, so we're we're good. But um, yeah, we connected with you. Uh, gosh, I think it's been, if not a year, it's been longer than that. We've been we've been on Instagram for about a year and a half, and I I think. I think I started following you um, pretty close to the beginning, but um, I know we've we've chit chatted back and forth here and there. We interact on posts, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot about you, but that's what uh, you know as far as your background. But that's one of the reasons of why we have you on tonight. But um, obviously, we want to get that, which Michael explained. Um, God damn it, I messed up. I'm sorry, yeah. fucker. Hi. <laughs> Hi. We'll, we'll explain that in a minute. Um, but then we also want to uh, obviously let people know about Sober Press and everything that you're doing, because in my opinion, um, you're doing good work over here. But, fucker, it's your turn. 
All right. Well, Mike, um, <laughs> as always, um, you know, we know how to get fucked up. We know how to fuck up our lives. We know how to fuck up the lives of everybody around us. Basically, we don't want to hear a drunk log. We know what it's like. What we do want to hear is the solution, what you're doing today. You know, Love give it. a little background. Tell us, you know, you know where you're from, all that good stuff and whatever. But again, we don't want to hear a drunk log because we know how to get fucked up. We don't need to hear that again. We want to hear about the solution. <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, if Are you uh, waving the flag for me to go? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. You're, it's, <laughs> Mike, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a little slow right now because I, uh, I'm fighting a, a COVID fiasco. Um, anyway, yes. Um, my solution to uh, recovery came from Sober Press. Um, it was really uh, came out of when COVID first came out, we were thrown into isolation. Um, a lot of the meetings that I was going to uh, with my sponsor and on my own uh, and my own group had gone. Suddenly we're at the grocery store and uh, people were wearing masks and my, uh, smiles went away. And mm. um, I'm in advertising by trade. So it kind of made sense to me to start something that um, what what I try and do is put out something out uh, uplifting, uh, some sort of mental health or uh, even something funny. It's I, I know I'm not as funny as you guys, honestly. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just perverted and, and filthy and. Twisted, funny looking right <laughs> right that's, i commend you guys because uh you know at the office we used to get awards for being the lowest lowest common denominator and, <laughs> so, but anyway um i uh, started a website where um i was setting up to receive stories and put them out there and then um part of the exercise that i was actually trying to um to do was, you know, work on these posts that were, um, you know, nicely simple and designed and, and um, had something uplifting to say. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, people think Mondays is a bitch. And, uh, you know, for me, my stories come out on Monday for that same reason is because it is actually uh, a start a fresh start and uh, always mm -hmm. kind of, you know, promote it that way as the story comes out. And, um, you know, uh, the posts were uh, something that I did um, early, early on before the website went live. And then before I knew it, uh, October 2020, my first story came out and Somehow, I actually maintained, um, you know, a uh, just a frequency of stories that were every two weeks or every week, actually, back then. And I've had ebbs and flows. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a freelance uh, designer now, um, trying to find solace and peace in uh, somehow in the advertising world. So. I uh, left my creative uh, director position to become uh, more of a 
a graphic designer and um, somehow find peace in that. But um, the posts were, um, for the most part, something I did consistently. Um, At first, it was just one or two a day. And then now I try to, if I can, up to six. So that's, and that, that's go and ahead. those are with those are ones that you come up with on your own or those are bits and pieces of the of the stories or because I mean, I, I see all those posts and they're cool. I mean, they're design nice. They're they're visually appealing, you know, but um, again, are those like snippets that you come up with or just snippets from stories that you get? Some of them I write. Um, if it's a story that I'm trying to promote, I'll uh, use a quote directly from the story. And then um, I have um, really great resources for quotes. So I would say 85% of what you see are quotes that I that I find. Um, I try to find things that I think uh, hone in on mental health and self-care. Um, there's, I think there's a lot out there already with recovery and I don't want to, you know, dismiss any of it, but, um, what I would like to do is really put forth in front and center, um, the idea that, you know, it is a mental health problem and we do need to pay more attention, especially men to our mental health. Right. So your your background when and did you say it was April of 2019 that you got sober? That's right. Yes. Okay. And then did you come through like a 12 step program or, or how did that even walk us through like the last like maybe even six months or three months of your of your even drinking and what that. led you into? Yeah. What led so, you into it? I met my sponsor um, and this is my second time uh, in recovery, rehab. Uh, I met him at detox and uh, he's a judge, a really good dude. He's also been sober for quite a while. And, you know, when he and I uh, got together during detox, um, it was supposed to be a temporary situation, but I kind of latched on to him. We did that. We did you know, the 12 step thing. And, uh, it was great. He ushered me into step nine and then, you know, with, uh, it's kind of funny with, with sober press, what I was doing on Instagram and showing stories and that kind of thing. He just kind of shrugged and said, Hey, uh, you're already on step 12. (laughs) You went ahead of me. And I think he was kind of joking. I'm not exactly sure, but my step work ended at nine for the time being. And then um, we both decided to part ways and remain really close friends. We still talk about barbecue and house stuff and, you know, all, all kind of good stuff. I still check with him um, from day one with some sort of gratitude and, um and we have a rapport that's really formed into a, a really great friendship. Um, the new sponsor uh, took me through the rest of the steps. I finished step 12. I'm actually looking 
to uh, sponsor now. I'm back at um, face-to-face meetings, and uh, I've been doing that consistently. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my journey, and it's it's been really great. So you said the this is the second run through. How how long ago was the was the first run? Uh, that probably was back in 2014 and it lasted Mm -hmm. until 2015 is when I started drinking again. Okay. And you said that, um, you know, you said alcoholic and drug addict. So, um, I, I think Mike's ears brought, God damn it. Fucker. (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm never good i i've been around this guy for 13 years it's hard for me right. even though i call him a fucker to, to, to mm-hmm. actually address him that one over there um right you know uh, certainly not your first rodeo mike and uh and you've been no. through the, the same type of thing with you know both drugs and alcohol so mm-hmm. right. but uh go ahead no nah, i was um yeah you know whatever like we've said plenty of times on here the substance doesn't matter it's all a symptom of our selfishness and self-centeredness um and the solution is the same no matter what your symptom is so um yeah but um (laughs) the one thing mike um yeah the uh you know you said you finished the 12th step yet you continue to work the 12th step don't you i work every step every day thank you (laughs) good Good. Well, I mean, you know, we've said it on here plenty of times. I mean, the way we were taught was we do four, five, and eight to the best of our ability, and hopefully we don't ever have to do those again. That's what the 10th step is for. But, yes, the rest of the steps, we have to work one day at a time every day for the rest of our lives. Definitely. Yeah. So good. my program. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's been a, uh, it, it, I don't want to say a, a common occurrence, but common enough that we do, we run across people and not really on here um, that much, mm. but I mean, we have right. been meetings and things like that uh, plenty of times over the years where somebody's okay, almost like, you know, kind of brushing off their hands going up. I'm, I'm all done with my steps. I completed everything. Now, <laughs> I was one of those. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, I was I was one of those when it came to like step six and seven because I thought I I thought I had you know just finished them you know I just did it once and was all good and our uh, a sponsor that Mike and I uh, had shared actually had um, had straightened me out on that but um, yeah mm-hmm. all of them all of them come into play every every single day but that's interesting though and so you had mentioned like your sponsor had mentioned or said that you know about working like the twelve step already and really what it and I know, I know we've talked about it, I think on here before too, but even when you're early in, you know, in, in sobriety, as you're going through the steps for that, that first time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're still, you're, you're working on 10, you know, you're trying to make sure your day was good. You know, you work on 11, that whole conscious contact thing. And you're trying to, you know, practice all those principles still in your life. But although you haven't, again, I'll say quote unquote, officially, gone through the steps that that full time the first time you know so i guess i i agree with that but um you know i think that i think all of us start to to change and do some of those things i mean right off the bat i would i would think oh absolutely 
Yeah. I mean, you know, if you work in any kind of program, yeah, you're, you're working those early steps, but you're, you're starting to work 12, you know, you're showing up and setting up chairs or something. That's 12 step work, man. It is, you know, yes, you're not sponsoring yet, but yeah, you're, you're doing shit. You're becoming a part of, and that's, that's what that 12 step is always being a part of. And that's why we got to keep working it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So when um, going into to COVID and stuff like that, and, and we've we've actually had a few people on that, you know, that's that's when they got sober, you know, during the, uh, you know, the lockdowns and when everything was shut down and, you know, uh, literally getting sober through, you know, Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So you were, I mean, about eh, probably about a year, uh, close to a year into it as, as everything really started to hit. Was that day, um, I guess, how did you? How did you take that? Was that like a big blow where you're like, this is going to be a huge problem for me? Or did you feel okay with it? Or how did you feel at that time? You know, I actually felt I was maybe nine months in, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, anyway, I, you know, not to be cavalier and, and sound like I got this, but I certainly didn't. And, um, but I took it in stride, I think, um, simply by focusing mm. on the things that I'm passionate about, opening up uh, my mind to doing a passion project and something that would help me along the way. And, yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to admit in a way that, yes, this helped me a ton. It helped me get through the hard days um, because I am actually interacting with the sober community which, by the way, you know, I got to say, it's uh, an incredible community we have out there on Instagram. There's so many really great people out there. And, um, you know, it's funny. I actually had the opportunity to fly out to Connecticut and interact with some of these people and and meet them face to face. And they're amazing. Fucking amazing, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> that's like a memory that's going to go on to the books. Um, and I hope that we get to see each other again for sure. Maybe someday I'll meet you guys and we can yeah. make all kinds of stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so what part of the country are you in? So I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay. I've lived here 23 years. My last stop was Portland, Oregon. Um, Mm. But I've lived in the South most of my life, born and raised in Louisiana, lived Mm. in Jackson, Mississippi, and then Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, and I didn't realize that that he was in Austin. I I don't even think until we started talking about you being on, um, you know, here now. But uh, Austin is one of the ones, and and I'm sure I've told fucker over there. Uh, but Austin, <laughs> Austin is one of the, it's, it is, it's a place that I've wanted to, to visit for years. And I think that originally I don't remember, you know, kind of what drew me to it, but I do remember about 10 years ago when I moved uh, back to Wisconsin, I worked in uh, Madison, Wisconsin at the time and Madison's a college town, party town, that sort of thing. And, you know, I moved there. I was there three years sober, three ish, three plus years sober at the time. Um, but, you know, kind of a, again, school town, party town, some good areas, some bad areas, uh, kind of a music town, you know, a lot of smaller, you know, bands and clubs and, and that sort of thing. So I didn't really get into that music scene there uh, at the time I lived there, but I knew about it. And this lady that I worked with, her son lived in Austin. 
so she'd visit every once in a while and she and I were talking one time, she's telling me just how cool it is, how much it's growing. And I think that was part of the, you know, like the spark with it. But she said that um, it was Austin was a lot like Madison, just on a larger scale, you know, again, music and all those sort of things and college town and, and that, I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, I know it's all those things, you know, but have you ever been to like any other area that compares to that from the music side of things and all that or? So I have been to Madison. And oh, you have? Okay. I, my client was Kohler. <laughs> oh, so okay. So we go up to Kohler quite a bit, which is totally the exact opposite of Madison. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's, like a, that's like a little Groundhog Day town. Kohler's a cool it's – a, it's a nice community. Um, it is. Huge, yeah. I mean, very expensive golf course shit there. And, yeah, uh, but, yeah Kohler, Kohler basically owns that – yeah, basically owns that vibe. town. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's small. <laughs> Portland, Oregon, um, was also really really great with music. Um, I moved there in '92, and um, Atlanta had a really great music community. Uh, B52s, REM, Indigo Girls. I mean, there's so many really great artists that came out of Atlanta. Not to mention um, R&B, rap. You know, not not necessarily my vibe, but, you know, um, definitely a lot of that. And then I live in a neighborhood, um, 78723, which uh, in its heyday had a lot of rap came that came out of this hood. I live on the east side of Austin um, off 51st Street, so... I, I tend to live on the fringe, um, and that's just how I roll. I just love being in the epicenter of anything sort of uh, that's slightly scary. <laughs> <laughs> that right. almost, almost sounds like your neighborhood, Mike. I mean, Mike's you're not in a bad neighborhood, but you're you're on a right. fringe. You're on a couple of fringes. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, Cleveland. It's you know. Good block, bad block, good block, bad block. Yeah, I happen to be on a good one, but you go a couple blocks over and it's not so great. That's awesome. I think I saw your house on a post yeah. or something somewhere. It's really cool, man. Maybe you're talking <laughs> Thank you. about it. Maybe yeah, you're yeah. I, I got lots of, lots of creepy stuff in here. <laughs> Yeah, we were cool. talking. Uh, we were talking to Elise. Um, actually, a few people we talked about it to. Most recently, we were talking to uh, Elise from Sober Curator that we had on because she's a right. collector of all these yes, different things. I and Mike that. was explaining all the stuff he had. And um, yeah, yeah, seriously. And I know I said it then, but we do. I mean, we need to get you know get a video rolling and you know kind of walk through the house. It's cool. It's, do the tour. It, yeah. it is. I mean, it's it would be a lot of fun. And the the biggest one, and I I wish we would have had her on video when you were telling the story. But um, yeah, he does. He's got a he's got a coffin coffee table, and it's a I real do. coffin. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Yep. Has it been used? I have to ask. It has. It had a body in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a buddy. I had a buddy in the program that worked at a funeral home, and uh, the guy died over in Greece. He lived in Cleveland, and they shipped him back in it. And the funeral home was going to throw it away. And he called me up and said, "Hey, man, you want this thing?" I said, "Fuck yeah!" So yeah, and my lovely girlfriend got me a nice piece of glass to go on top of it. And so yes, I have a coffin coffee table. That's kick ass. And he's got a he's got a skeleton in it, and then what? Black roses, right? 
Yeah, black and purple roses. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that. cool. I mean, and that's just that's just one of the things. I mean, that, that's just one piece. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it, yeah. You just walk, you just walk through, and uh, and seriously, you've been again, you've been in the house a little over three years now, right? And then uh, four or four. God, he said the same thing last yep. time. So, so yeah, for four <laughs> years. But um, you know, again, the, the the areas that we came through, you know, was just he and I shared a bedroom to a two bedroom place to a little bit bigger small house that he rented. Now this, and it's fucking full. Yep. <laughs> I mean, again, not in a bad way. It doesn't look messy. It's not cluttered. He just has a lot of stuff, you know, but I do. It's it's insane. You could you could probably spend what a couple hours walking through that house and, and literally well, yeah, like what well, you said, you call it a museum. <laughs> yeah. My house is a museum. People come to see them. <laughs> so, so you drive a, a hot rod in the shape of a, a coffin as well. No, I don't. I did a very long time ago have a 66 Cadillac hearse, but I don't have that anymore. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty righteous, actually. It what was. Happened? I put a futon in the back and I'd take it camping. Uh, so <laughs> See, I, did, I didn't even I mean, know that much. That's, a, that's funny. <laughs> so what do you, I mean, you've been to, have you been to like recovery groups in the different areas that you lived or like back? Back in the, again that that 2014 area, um, did you go to like 12 step meetings certain areas, and now you're you're in 12 step meetings there? And if so, do you notice any difference, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, between the areas that you've been to meetings at? So, um, I uh, back in 2014, I kind of did a full circle. Uh, I started going to this place called Northland Group, and it's a bunch of old school, older sort of people with a lot of years in recovery um cause them i call them the wise guys you know because <laughs> <laughs> in a way they are and you know some somewhat jaded you know but uh mm. whatever it's fine i i tend to like um like people like that but on the second time around um i went to a uh kind of a crash pad for people that wanted to get uh, sober um, and they would actually, you know, maybe didn't have a house, didn't have somewhere to crash. Uh, so it's called Austin uh, 24 and it was cross street from Chinatown in a junkyard. And um, what I loved about that place, um, it's open again. But what I loved about that place, it was literally all walks of life, you know. Um, it was just the dichotomy of everyone who uh, struggles. And to me, that was really informative, you know. It, it meant to me that all walks of life has issues. And we're all equal in that way. Um, so, but now that I'm back at Northland um, with my new sponsor, um you know, I, I, I definitely appreciate the old wise guys too, you know? <laughs> yeah. That actually sounds like uh Cleveland, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking, yeah, the, you know, the, I used to go to a 12 and 12 group. I haven't been in a few years, but um, yeah, it was the same thing. I mean, it was, it was down in a place called Ohio city, which is kind of a gentrified neighborhood now, but it's still, you know, there's a homeless shelter there and, and stuff. And yeah, I mean, there was, all kinds of people there. There were lawyers in there, businessmen, um, but also people off the street, man, you know, with, you know, a week or two sober and 
working it and trying and yeah i love that group man i miss it and uh yeah you know and then the wise guys of course was our was our uh, who do you know group our men's meeting on friday night or <laughs> yeah just the, the old crusty dudes man that, that knew what the fuck was up and we'd sit there and just listen to them you know yeah absolutely good stuff yeah we're um so i'm supposed to be there now um the meeting starts <laughs> in about 30 minutes but um <laughs> i'm just a mess man but anyway um We've been doing uh, 12 and 12 studies at that meeting, and that's been nice. really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the 12 traditions um, is, I think, something that um, could very well be my favorite over uh, the big book. Right. Well, I always said, you know, I mean, Bill wrote the big book and then you know, 15 years later decided he needed to expand on the, the steps and the traditions. And so we wrote the 12 and 12, you know, yeah. and yeah, I, I, I personally, I love the 12 and 12, man. I think it's a fantastic book. Right. It really is. Yeah. And I've but, always, uh, um, I, I remember hearing it in one meeting that, you know, that the steps are for the individuals, obviously traditions for the group. And I don't think I really, I mean, we went to, I went to that 12 and 12 with Mike every once in a while um, not mm-hmm. as much as he did, because you went for, what, five or six years? Yeah, yeah, about five years every week, yep. And then when uh, when I actually moved back to Wisconsin, one of the uh, meetings I went to, it, it did that. I mean, we would we'd do the same thing, kind of like a rotation. And, and it took me, I mean, at that point, I was probably, you don't know, four or five years sober when I really started paying attention, you know, to the traditions. You know, kind of like really, I don't know, focusing on it as it, – Paying attention, I guess, is the best way to put it, because half the time I didn't. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting and also uh, still mind-blowing to me how a group like, you know, as large as, as Alcoholics Anonymous can be, you know, can run like it does with, you know, no no corporate structure, no I mean, not no structure at all, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, you know, that all these people, you know, that are just abiding by these rules and things run better than, than most businesses do, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guidelines are very simple and easy to follow. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's stated in the 12 and 12 extremely well, you know, and it's, it's, it's there for, you know, the help of everybody equally. And it's not there to turn a profit. I mean, there was, I forgot what step it was, um, or tradition, but, um, it was talking about how, what if advertising liquor, uh, you know, like liquor brands started like promoting on, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, which the right. whole thing, the way it's written is so fucking hilarious right. to, the point where, to the point where it was just making a mockery of like liquor brands. And, you know, uh, I have worked on liquor. I have worked on beer. I've worked on wine. And, you know, it's it's really sort of myopic. They don't they don't even think about like people who are addicted outside of that you know label they have to put you know on the sure bottle. yeah drink responsibly but yeah um but you know it's 
I tend to ignore shit like that, obviously. For many years, I smoked and drank. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. quit smoking. So, yeah. You know. Kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so when it when it came to um, you know, and again the the meetings and stuff like that that you were that you were going to, so dealing with the wise guys and, and things like that. And have you gone to like different different areas now? I mean, being in that and the reason I'm gonna ask this question because it's just we both of us got sober in, in Cleveland and Mike is still there and just my opinion is that the the AA that's in Cleveland and being so close to Akron and stuff like that. I mean, again, very old school, hardcore, but not mean. Um, and it sounds like with these, these guys and things like that, that are, that you have in that meeting are probably of a very structured nature. So have you gone to any meetings in different areas where you're like, damn, this shit's kind of light here or anything like that, or had that feeling? Yeah. You know, I used to bounce around a lot of different meetings. There was this one called yellow house and it was in uh, somebody's garage, and it was uh, a lot of young people. And I thought the meeting was really, really good, but it felt uh, sort of different in structure in the way that it was run. And um, not that, you know, I have anything against that, um, you know, because it was very welcoming, Um you know, we traded phone numbers. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people uh, there that were just so welcoming and great, you know. It was just different. And I think that's okay. Is that what you're right. asking? Yeah, I mean, just, just kind of in general. Because, I mean, I've gone to, when I came back to uh, Wisconsin, which uh, I, I had lived here, well, I lived in Wisconsin for years and years and years. And when got sober in Cleveland and came back and started going to meetings and they were cool. I mean, I enjoyed the meetings and, um, and all that sort of stuff, but the, the setup was a little bit different, you know, and the setup was a little bit different when I was in Florida. Uh, like I went to a meeting in, in Florida and this was, this was so funny. It was, it was an AA meeting at a club in, in Boca is where I went. Cause the guy that, uh, was in the meeting I, I went to in Wisconsin, he's like, you got to hit this club. He said, they've been around for years and years. It's a great meeting. So I, I took a, you know, just a day trip down there and kind of kicking around and seeing shit and went to the meeting and the meeting was fine. It was good. Huge group, very nice people, but they start off the meeting. And it's like, okay, you know, this is a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Keep all your, you know, conversations, you know, as they do, you know, towards alcohol and that sort of thing and blah, blah, blah. And they, they get up there and the, in the leads, like, okay, so I'm a, I'm a drug addict and I'm a this and which I give a shit less. I don't care. 90% of the people that are our friends are, you know, did both drugs and alcohol or, and drank. Um, but it was just like, they, it was almost like they said it cause they had to, and then just ran the meeting the way they wanted, which is fine. But it just, um, it, there's a couple of meetings like the one Mike was talking about in Cleveland, where uh, we used to have to tell our friends when they led for us was, you know, 80% of their stories, drugs, you're like, okay, change everything to alcohol. Cause you can't talk about drugs. They would, they would walk out if somebody started talking about drugs. That's how strict and rigid they were, um, which, again, I don't care. I was just kind of curious if you if you notice differences like that. That's all. Yeah, the nuances uh, actually, and I say nuances because it, it doesn't seem like a drastic difference. I mean, the structure overall um, does feel the same. Um, but, yeah, you know, I feel like um you know the wise guys meeting in northland 
um, is a lot more structured, like you said. Um, but the shares are like vibrant and um, you actually come away with something, you know, I think really good. You know, there's really good learning. Um, the one at the junkyard was different where people would just ramble to the point where it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, you guys need to shut up. Um, but you know, I often wonder, you know, well, you know, I, and it wasn't everybody that was that way, but you know, it, it happened more often than not. And then, you know, um, the meeting I would go to at yellow house was, um, seems so much more informal. Um, you know, it was very, uh, almost hippie like it was really crazy. (laughs) And I have been to like a Buddhist meeting before, which was weird. It wasn't at all Alcoholics Anonymous, but it involved meditating. I, you know, I couldn't get into that one just because of the way it was. I, you know, I just don't see myself uh, having a benefit from that one. Right. Understood. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's one of the beautiful things about AA, man. It's, you know, it's, Every group is individual, you know, there isn't, as we said, no corporate structure, you know, there's, there's certain guidelines that if you're going to call yourself a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's certain things you have to do, but beyond that, it's up to the meeting, how to run it, what to do, what to talk about, you know, like, um, yeah, the, that men's meeting we went to, yes, it was, it was hardcore. They said they were a closed men's meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and they fucking meant it. Um, and, and they were and are. Um, you know, my home group is an open meeting, so it's, you know, women are welcome and we don't give a shit if you talk about drugs, you know, um, it, but they're all meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and if you don't, if you go to a meeting and you don't like it, go find another one because you're going to find <laughs> a meeting that works for you, you know, that's, that's right. the beautiful thing about the program, you know, yeah. you will find one that works for you, the hippie meeting, the structured meeting. The hardcore meeting, whatever, it doesn't matter. You will find one that works for you and stick with it and fucking work it, man. And it's yep. going to work. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, you know, I think also that um, there are journeys outside of AA that um, I think are great too. And people, oh, absolutely. Know, if, they're finding, if they're finding success outside of AA, I'm not at all going to shit on their path. You right. Know, nope. More power to them. And you know what? Let's um, let's take a quick break on that because I I was actually going to bring bring that up. I'm glad I'm glad you did. So, uh, Mike, let's. Uh, I'm sorry, fucker. <laughs> let's take a quick Hi. break. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more sober, not mature, and talk about those paths right after this word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober Not Mature. Hi and, there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi Mike, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well. But we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two. We two websites in one <laughs> all right so so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com uh-huh. and we just launched the store website so uh, we also have that do you know what the website address is on that one mike of course i don't 
<laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit of, about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you <laughs> and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts, we also do have <laughs> all the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least- big deal. Eh, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> Trying to help, man. <laughs> I know you are. You're not helping though. Okay. Now I got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sober but not mature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And uh, and yeah, what I was I was going to bring up about you know some of the different paths because you well I had two things. You were talking about the uh, Instagram community, and I wanted to touch on that real quick. But that kind of leads into the to the other thing with the different paths. And we have talked about that a lot on here. Uh, when first of all, when we first started the the podcast, we weren't really sure. Well, we didn't. We weren't sure about anything. We had zero idea what direction this was going to go in. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. even know if we were going to be talking about, you know, the big book or steps or whatever. Uh, but I mean, Mike actually, in his story, which is like the third episode, went into a lot of that and talked about the big book and all that. And we were just kind of like, "Fuck it," you know. Um, we're going to talk about what our again, what our path was and what our journey was. And then, you know, getting on Instagram and I, I learned all these different things. It's so stupid um, to me. I was stupid about it. I had no idea what I, I used to see AF on people's profiles. I thought it stood for as fuck. I did not know it meant alcohol free. OK, I didn't know what sober curious was. I didn't know what gray area drinking was. I had heard of the only other outside thing I had heard of outside of like AA or NA was smart recovery just because I had a good friend of mine in Wisconsin that went to people that I knew that went through it. I knew nothing else, you know? So there's all these different paths and, and all these different things. But I mean, Mike always says it's, it's the solution, right? It doesn't really matter. It's how, how we get there as long as people are, you know, hurting other people. Right. Exactly, man. As long as it's making you a better person and it's making you, Again, here's the quote, man, <laughs> making your little <clears throat> corner of the world a better place. I don't give a fuck what you're doing as long as it's positive And yeah, I don't care. You know, I mean, um, I, I've talked about it plenty of times. I'm an atheist but, and I used to be very anti-religion and all that. Um, I'm not anymore. I don't care. You know, if it's making you a better person, good. If it's making you if it's easier for you to do it that way, to keep yourself sober and take care of your family and and be a part of the community, do it, man. 
you know, early on that, that 12 and 12 that I went to, there was another atheist there, old Vietnam vet hippie dude, someone I would never like, um, you know, I, I, I don't like hippies. I don't like Vietnam vets cause they've got some sort of weird attitude that I don't like, but that's my hang up. And, um, but he was, we were doing one of the God steps at that meeting and he, he, a quote that I will always use. He said, you know what, man, I don't believe in the great pumpkin, but it seems to make Linus happy. <laughs> and I went, oh. Fuck, cool. right. <laughs> oh. I went, All right, cool. And it was a great, it was a breakthrough for me. I was, you know, <laughs> shit, maybe a year sober and still struggling with my atheism and how to make it work in the program and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I just went, oh, that's it right there. No, I don't believe in that, but it seems to make you happy. So fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's everybody has their own version of higher power. Right. And if it humbles you and allows you to take a good look at yourself, Mm-hmm. And actually become a better person. Well, so be it. That great yep. pumpkin could be higher <laughs> power or whatever. It could just be yep. a seed that came out of the pumpkin. Dude, I I've heard that early in meetings. You know, this guy was talking on and on and on about this teddy bear who was his higher power. <laughs> and at first I wanted to like laugh really loud. But you know what? <laughs> More power to you, man. That's your, right. that's your higher power, more power to you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, early on, you know, I was open about, you know, cause I'd been around the rooms before and that was one of the big things that scared the fuck out of me, you know? Okay. I'm going to try to work this program. I'm going to really try to work this program, but I don't believe in that invisible man in the sky. What am I going to fucking do? And I, I shared that fear with an old timer, you know, which is one of the toughest things you can do. Goddamn grown man, 43 years old going, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me and he said, hey, kid, it doesn't matter what your higher power is. You just need to know it's not you anymore. And it was a place for me to start. You know, right. I've worked and grown and, you know, yeah, I mean, I have powers greater than myself in my life. Doesn't matter what they are. What matters is they are greater than me and i am a part of them i do their work you know alcoholics anonymous is a power greater than me i'm a part of it and i do its work it works for me so yeah that ask, was is is that but, a george carlin quote the invisible <laughs> no it is not <laughs> oh it's not it's not i love carlin saint george but uh <laughs> i thought right. i heard him say that before <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, he may have, but um, no, I don't. I, I don't think I attribute that one to him. I got a lot of them from him, but not that one. That's, <laughs> that's just kind of that's kind of from my head. That's great. That's, I love. Yeah, it. Yeah, but we were we were told that right off the bat. So that was the other thing too. So you know, like Mike being an atheist was wondering what he was going to do with that part. We had we had friends of ours that you know were were God people, and you know they had but they had a problem. You know they felt that they were again wronged by religion or whatever the deal. So they didn't know what they were going to do, and and I came in. It's not that I didn't believe in in something. I didn't have a basis in religion. I didn't know what I believed in. You know, it just never it never occurred to me to even pick something. <laughs> so, so that the same thing was told to us. You just got to know it's not you, and that was huge. And you know, surprisingly enough, or maybe not surprisingly enough, 
I consider myself to be agnostic. You know, I, I know there's something out there. I have no idea what the fuck it is. Um, but same thing, everything that Mike just said, you know, it's, I, I do prayers in the morning. I, I believe in there's something bigger than me. Um, something else has my will, all those different things, you know, uh, which is all that matters. And we've even joked about it. Somebody wants to sit outside and, you know, sit under a tree because that's what they worship. I mean, uh, fine. <laughs> Whatever the hell works, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, do the best you can for yourself and others. Right. Yep. Yeah. Be a good boy. Be a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln has a great quote. You know, it's uh, when I do bad, I feel bad. When I do good, I feel good. That is my religion. Yep. That is so true. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was uh, I posted that. I might have gotten that from you, Mike, years ago, but I posted that on Facebook. Um, God, probably 10 <laughs> 12 years ago and right. every year it pops up, I repost it because I, I love it. And then that, that's really what it is. Cause that's the basics of what, of what we were taught And And I don't know how much of our, like these episodes you've listened to Mike, but um, basically the, the place that we were at, which is the Keating center in, in Cleveland, the sober living facility that we went through, uh, not a rehab, not a, you know, any sort of a lockdown facility, anything like that. It's a it's a place basically where it's a sober living facility where they teach you how to how to live sober. They do introduce you to Alcoholics Anonymous. You do have to go to meetings and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, they're they're doing all this shit to help help you learn how to be a human being. You know, and I I always stop short of saying again, because I almost want to say that. But the majority of us, (laughs) we're not we're not never were. Yeah, never were human beings. Sure as hell weren't good human beings. But um you know, again, Mike was 43, I was 41. Neither one of us knew how to live our lives right. And in these, these, nope. these gentlemen at the meetings and at the facility and all that stuff, it, you know, just kind of gave us this, this path, you know, and walked us through everything. Um, and it's, it's super cool, you know, because that's how this, that's how this thing is supposed to work, you know, regardless of where people come from. When you were talking about the junkyard meeting, um, you know, the 12 and 12, that, and I forgot about that, that there used to be people off the streets at that at that 12 and 12 meeting. But uh-huh. but even the, the Keating Center, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of our really good friends were, you know, flat out homeless before they before they came into the Keating Center. Yeah, um, or straight out of prison. Yeah, straight out of prison. Yeah. They were court ordered there um, all walks yeah. of life, you know, from, you know, again, from we've known, you know, medical professionals to attorneys and everyone down to the whatever the as you had said before mike the lowest common denominator type of thing um but once again it doesn't all these individuals that that we've seen grow and the people that we get to see grow and flourish it the past i mean it doesn't matter where they came from we're all in the same damn place when we walk through those gates you know yeah so with the, I was just curious with the, the Buddhist meeting that you went to, because uh, I've been, uh, I, I've heard before, and I don't remember, Mike, it might even be um, Heidi that mentioned it about Buddhism. It was something mm-hmm. that she started to kind of look into at one point. But um, yep. I mean, isn't what, this is just, again, my, my own curiosity. So how does Buddhism, it was an AA meeting, but from a Buddhism standpoint or by Buddhists? So, uh, are you asking me? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, sober press, <clears throat> Mike. So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure, but um, <laughs> I only went to one, and it was back in 2015 when ah. I got sober for the first time, 2014. Um, 
and what I remember is that um, we all sat in a circle. Um, we all had our shoes off. Um, we in the circle we did meditating. Um, there was a sharing portion portion, but what what I remember was that um, it was really only like allowed to stick to one topic. Um, I mean, just like AA, but, you know, some people go off topic, but they were really strict about it and we could only share for a minute, but the entire time was, it was a lot of meditating, which (laughs) my mind does not sit still, (laughs) you know, my mind is on crack and has had 50 candy bars and, uh, wants to race around the the facility. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not the type to sit cross-legged with incense burning, saying "om" for an hour <laughs> yeah. and a half. It just doesn't it's work for my, me. Wasn't my thing. Nope. No, it was just kind of curious because when when we came in, well, when I came into the Keating Center, because I got there a few days before uh, Mike did, but I came in on a on a Friday night, and it's like Saturday morning. It's like there these again, these guys are just guiding me on what to do and where to go, and. Uh, it was called a meditation meeting in the morning. And that, that was my first thought. I'm like, fuck me. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't want to deal with this shit. You know, I didn't want to be there anyhow, but, and then we go in and they're, they're reading from the, the 24 hour book, which is in a lot of the readings, you know, there, there's a lot of God mentioned, you know, in those meetings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck me again. Cause I knew, I didn't know what I was, but I knew I wasn't a God guy. Um, you know, but, yeah, the whole idea of the meditation to this day, um, I've never just sat down and, and meditated. Um, we do we do certain readings in the morning, which, you know, little fucker over there always says, you know, roll some good thoughts around in your heads. Other people's good thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, before right. to start off our day. But um, basically, the I guess the mindset with meditating is, you know, uh, praying is speaking and meditating is listening. But. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we've always kind of used it within our, within our readings just to kind of take in the good words rather than, I don't know, whatever the, the meditation is supposed to bring in, but I don't know. I don't think I would, I don't think I would thrive well in a meeting like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, what's great is because there's variety, there's something to fit everybody and, um, you know, to each his own, uh, right. Right. There's a wrench for every nut. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, you said it. My sponsor <laughs> says that all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tighten our asses down. Yeah. So what about uh, and speaking of like daily routines and stuff like that, and um I mean we both of us have a, a very similar, you know, type of routine because, again, we came out of the same place and stuff like that. But uh, just for for everyone out there, so you've been you've been sober for obviously a little over four years, coming up in four and a half years. Uh, you're doing something obviously to keep yourself sober on a daily basis. So, what is what is a what does your routine look like from you know when you get up to the time you go to bed? What do you do? on on a daily basis and we talk about this a lot and both of us are you know we were proponents of having that routine but just curious to to see what you do with that sort of thing so yeah um if um i'm not working um i will actually spend time comb the internet my resources and find something to post some quote or maybe i'll write something myself 
Um, and that's usually like around six in the morning, um, while I'm having coffee. Um, today I didn't post just cause I felt like shit. Uh, I'm dealing with this COVID crap. I don't know how I got it. I may have picked it up on the plane or something, but anyway, um, uh, so today's an exception. I didn't post today, but, um, Usually I go about my day, um, you know, run errands. Um, you know, I always think of like the process of me making a post is my own version of meditation sure. because it is mm-hmm. quiet time. Um, it is one of those things that I can get lost in for an hour or two. Um, and it's one of those things that, you know, makes me feel good to put out there, you knowing that if I can maybe give someone a nudge or a smile or, you know, make them feel good for just a moment, um, you know, that Absolutely. makes me feel good. Um, so, um, you know, uh, just normal day stuff, chores, uh, r- running errands, um, I'm usually pretty busy working, um, an independent contractor. So, um, but I try to get all that, you know, done first, um, so that, you know, I can focus on my day. Um, and then at night after dinner, um, I try to put out there more posts, you know, like one or two or even three, um, I try to say good morning and good night. (laughs) It's not always always there, but sometimes I do that consistently. Uh, A little good morning and a good night. Um, Because some people don't get to hear that, you know. Um, And that's, it's, you know, when someone loves you and they say good morning first thing, uh, they're, you know, they have you in their mind. They got your back, right? And then, um, you know, if they say good night, it's the same thing. It's the same feeling, you know. It's somebody that gives a shit, and they got your back. So that's the point. Um, I don't always do it, but I try to. And sometimes it's something funny. Sometimes it's just a simple good morning and a good night. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a normal day. Um I try to socialize as much as I can. Um, you know, I have a girlfriend and she's super supportive. Um, she's sober 10 years and, um, you know, um, we have our days that we hang out and do things. So there's a structure to everything and it feels good to have that, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Routines. They're, they're important, you know, doing, yeah. And, and, and incorporating, making things better for other people. That's, that's the whole point of this thing, you know, <laughs> taking the yeah. focus off ourselves and, and trying to do something nice for somebody else. Yeah. As long as we do that, we're doing okay. You know, cause it's, it's a 180 from the way we lived before, you know, that's it was, right. what can you do for me? Yeah. That was, you know, the way I lived my life for the first 40 
two, three years of my life. <laughs> you know, what can you do for me? What can I take from you? What, you know, how can you make my life better? You motherfuckers. Don't you know, you owe me everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. And oh, I that switched. entitlement. Right. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> right. God. And now it's, it's just try to try to do something nice for somebody else. Make somebody else's day a little bit better. Somehow it makes our lives better. I still don't fucking know. I never will know. doesn't matter if I know. I just understand that it works. Right. Well, that was when uh, oh god issues. I still have entitlement issues. Well, yeah, (laughs) I didn't say I was perfect, man. I'm working on it. (laughs) Absolutely, me too. Yeah, when we uh, when we first got sober and uh, like started working and and stuff again, I used to um, I took the bus to this place I was working at, and I would go grab a cup of coffee. There was a Burger King right across the street from from where I worked, and. You know, I'd have my, at that time I had a, um, I had a smartphone, but I didn't have, you know, again, this was for you kids out there. This is back when you could, when you didn't have unlimited data, so I couldn't go crazy on it. But um, I'd either bring, bring my phone or sometimes I had my laptop with me and I would do the same thing. And what you were, what you were talking about, Mike, I would look up these quotes and I would post them on Facebook, you know, but I wasn't, I, I was not open about my recovery, but I posted these things because they mattered to me. I uh, quite honestly, I, I wasn't posting them for anyone else at that time. It was that, that process yeah. that whatever it said, it meant something to me. And the cool part is now that um, there's certain in it's weird because Facebook always has the, the daily memories and that sort of thing, but there'll usually be a pocket of time. And a lot of times it's between like the first of the year and like may where it's almost every single day, I'll get one of those memories. that will pop up. And then like over the summer and stuff, I, I won't. And I don't know if I was just posting more nonsense or what the hell was happening. But um, it's even to this day, reading some of those things from 12 years ago, I'm like, like, shit, that's kind of cool, you know. So <laughs> I started doing that yeah. um, or continue to do that with Facebook posts. And then and I don't know if you actually pay attention to it, but um, even with all the just the messed up shit that I post on Instagram, um, the first thing I post every morning is always a reading. And it's from either Keep It Simple or God Grant Me or the 24-Hour Book or um, A Day at a Time, one of the other ones I read. But it's a, it's a reading from one of those Hazelden books. So that's the first thing mm-hmm. I post. And then I post an episode clip um, you know, from whoever we had on or whoever was on the episode. And then I'll post usually something about one of the things from our web store. But the reading is first every single day. And um, it's it's gotten to be... Um, it's, it's important to me to do it, you know, or important for me to do it for me. But I also know that, um, there's been a couple of people that, you know, you, you see people like your posts and stuff like that. But then I've had people tell me that they're like, they're like, Oh, I didn't see your reading. I'm like, really? I said, yeah, take a look back or I'll, I'll send it to them again. They're like, yeah, I, you know, I, I save these or I share these with, you know, with whoever every day. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. You that's know? awesome. Yeah. And it's just like, like you said, all it takes is for, um, you know, if, if there's one person that we, um, any day, and it doesn't have to be on Instagram or anything like that, but if there's, you know, like, like we were saying before, and and one of, one of Mike's favorite quotes is that, you know, again, making our little corner of the world a, a better place. I love it, you know, but that is what it's about. And, you know, making somebody else, you know, either feel good or kind of like think for a second or, I don't know, feel like they're, I'll say, quote unquote, seen, you know, whatever the deal is. Um, it's just, yes. it's nice to be yes. able to, you know, to have that. And I, I know for an absolute fact that there are 
people on Instagram right now that that's their that's their form of recovery. That's it. You know, they they don't have anyone else around them that they're that they hang with that's sober. Whatever the deal is, they don't go to meetings. They don't go any other group. They don't you know talk to anyone. Instagram that sober community is their recovery. You know, um, you know. So every every once in a while, again, you know, I'm posting like messed up shit like that, which is fun. But I. All you guys on there, you fucking encourage me all the time. <laughs> so, so I'm blaming all you guys because you laugh too hard at it. But um, uh, uh, well, you also have people submit. <laughs> yeah, send you some of those funnies. Well, in the the, I've seen some. the thing of it is, and usually the the most messed up, um, filthy, and sexual ones are from women. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why I put oh, on there. If if you'll ever notice that if there's one that um, I was put on there if it's donated and I if it if it's ever from a you know from a female especially if it's something that could be considered to be like somebody's going to look at me and think um you know I'm being a chauvinist or misogynistic or anything like that I'm like and this was from one of our female followers <laughs> and then then nobody gives a shit you know it's, it's vibrator stuff talking about clits talking about all this different stuff. And nobody cares like, ah, oh, it's one of our girls that gave it to him. Cool. And it's funny. <laughs> yep. But um, but no, I mean, we we always talk about that all the time that, you know, we mess around a lot. But, you know, when it comes down to, you know, to our sobriety and, you know, recovery in general, it's it's the number one thing. So one thing I really do appreciate, I have a really dry wit and I don't like let people off the hook if I say something you know, um, in a comment, you guys actually don't take it personally. And I appreciate that. (laughs) Never. Uh, I've had people, I've had people like take my comments personally, unfortunately. And I, you know, I guess I need to like follow up with an emoji or something that's funny. Like, (laughs) Hey, this is meant to be funny here. Right. Well, thankfully, we work the program and we don't take ourselves too damn seriously. We've smashed Uh, our fucking egos. We've smashed them down anyway. Yeah. And um, yeah, we know we're not that fucking important. If we happen to be offended by something, that's our problem. We move on. Right. Well, I don't want to hurt anybody. That's (laughs) my deal. Well, in, in the thing of it is that I, I, I can I can't think of anything in particular, which means again it clearly didn't hurt my feelings or anything like that. But um, I know I've just thrown some shit right back at you if you've made a comment. So it's it it usually makes oh, me yeah. laugh. And th- this has been my it's opinion kind of for fun. years. Yeah, I mean it's this has been my opinion for years. That first of all, um, anyone can insult me if it's intelligent and if it's funny, you know. But if it's if it's stupid, then I'm going to say some shit, you know. Um, I won't be offended oh, by it, but I'll said stupid things. Okay. <laughs> no, but you don't, you don't say stupid things. I will, I will have respect for, for stuff that I'll throw like a jab back at somebody. But you know, if somebody just said something that's stupid, I'll just tell them like, that's, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You make sense when you, when you interact. So, I mean, no, that's, that's actually been a lot of fun. I'm only kidding. No, I mean, seriously, it's, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. But there was, there's been a couple of times that, <laughs> I don't remember what the post was, but um, I I posted something, and there was a comment from. And again, I don't I I know a lot of the people that are our followers and that I interact with all the time. I know who you guys are, you know, but I don't pay attention to every single comment of who it came from. 
so somebody made a comment that, well, that's not very motivational. And I just, you know, threw a laughing emoji back at it because it was whatever the post was, was supposed to be fucked up, you know, and it wasn't supposed to be motivational. Yeah. It was supposed to, it, not even supposed to be, it was it's a joke. fucked up and funny. Right. And then, then the person commented back to like, oh, this is supposed to be a sobriety, you know, Instagram page. And you're laughing at one of your people that whatever. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, dude, it was a joke. Uh-huh. And I said, oh. and uh, well, I, this doesn't belong here. But I said, fine, then block me. You know, go away. You don't have to. You don't have to stop here. <laughs> you know. And I've had people that, again, it's usually the non non followers. You know, that that'll do it. Somebody will pop in, and you know, they'll they'll pop it or, or grab it. Obviously, based on a hashtag, like this is inappropriate. This is this. Would you say this to that person? You know, I started doing now because I used to delete the posts, and sometimes I do if it's if it's on the verge and somebody said something because I don't want to get banned and I don't want to get suspended. So, um, yeah. so I'll, I'll delete the post, but if somebody complains with just a stupid comment, I just block them now. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. That, that solves both of our problems. I don't have to listen to you and you don't have to deal with, with whatever quote unquote hurt that I'm putting on you, you know, but, um, again, well, the unfortunate thing is people look for trouble, mm-hmm. right? They just, they just want, they want the thrill of a confrontation. Yeah. And I have no room for drama in my life anymore. No, no. we're done. We're done. Yep. <laughs> we found peace. Right. Exactly. We'll find peace. Please. Well, there's, we're being fun. There's plenty of people that, in uh, people that are, you know, uh, again, friends or followers of ours on Instagram that, you know, said they're, they're dealing with people all the time with these comments back and forth or whatever. I'm like, really? I, I don't know. I mean, we just must be fortunate. I mean, we don't get we don't get a lot of complaining posts. We don't get a lot of you know bad comments or that from people. Um, for the most part, I mean, people are pretty you know pretty supportive. But it is kind of weird though when um, you know because every once in a while, I again start off with the reading, but I'll post other things that are like recovery based and whatever the case is here and there, kind of sprinkle them in. Um, we get very little, I, just a small percentage of activity on. Um, like random stuff that we do, the memes that we post, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny. But I've had I've had people say it. They're like, you know what? They're like, we we enjoy it because you know everyone else is so stuffy and this and that, and you know you guys are just having fun with it. But we see that you're serious, whatever it is. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just keep posting nasty shit then because everyone seems to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's fun. I have fun reading them. Yeah. Yeah, I get provoked to comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you since you've been since you've been sober and, and that sort of thing? And and I know this is going to be a, a a tough question, but it just pops into my head every head every once in a while. What do you think the either the biggest accomplishment? Maybe that's even the wrong word. What's the maybe the the one thing that you can kind of look at? I guess call it an accomplishment. You can look back and you're like, man, I never would have done you know this. You know, unless I got sober and I, I realize that everything falls under that category. But is there like that one particular thing that really sticks out that that just this is what you're because of sobriety? I um, I quit my high profile, stressful advertising job. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. 
it was uh you got got freedom you have choices you can live a better life yeah yeah, absolutely that's it in a nutshell it's uh you know i had no control over my life they were uh the ones you know who enabled a lot of the booze (laughs) it's me drinking it though um but it's just it's a lifestyle that I had known all my life. I was an art director at 25 and I'd done this all my life, you know, and I was done. I was to the point where I need to quit this lifestyle in order for me to survive. And that was huge for me to quit my job because they were all too happy to take me back and, you know, they, they put me through rehab twice. And I just, when I spoke with the social worker, my counselor and the counselor at IOP, they were like, no, you need to quit that job. That job is going to swallow you whole. And it's true. Um, it was stressful. And uh, it, it in the end, it made me want to drink. And you know, that was the source of a lot of angst. So I quit my job and I went freelance uh, as a designer. And I'm really happy I did it. I don't think I would have done it otherwise, uh, honestly, had I hit. I had to hit rock bottom. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we've heard actually heard that story from from a lot of people that, um, you know, some of it is just the and I, I think probably the, the confidence that we get um, or that we, I don't know, build, obtain, whatever the case is, and in the, the, the understanding uh, that, that hope and that faith, uh, we were just talking about that last week on the episode of um, one way or the other, man, shit's going to work out. We can't just sit back and nothing's going to be handed to us. But if we you know, take the right steps, do the next right thing, do all those different things, keep doing what we're doing and stay sober somehow shit works out right yeah and it and it worked out you know um it's still a little scary to be out on my own but um it's so predictable i have my life in my own hands um you know it's great i wouldn't trade it for a thing right well that's cool so it uh it it sounds like you're kind of dying over there so i mean uh we, we, I think we, we've talked about a lot, um, you know, and we're, we're, a, we're certainly at a time where we can wrap up if you're good, but, um, I just wanted to, Mike, give you one more, one more opportunity. Um, anything else that you want to, um, share with people, tell people, uh, mention sober press again, anything like that, that you want to kind of wrap up with? I do. Um, you guys go check out soberpress.org. I put stories out there to allow people to know that there's hope that um, it can be done and that you're not alone. Um, Someday I'll be putting stories out there, even, you know, of people in the throes of their addiction or sober curious. Uh, I've not had the opportunity to get those yet, but I welcome any story, all walks of life. Um, You know, it's one of those things that I think everybody gets equal platform and I don't discriminate at all. Um, every story is important. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I watch what you post and I've been on your website and, um, obviously watched, watched you on Instagram for again, at least a year or so now. I mean, you're, you're doing good work out there and I know you're helping people and that that's what matters, you know, one, one story in hey. one person at a time. And that's, that's really where it's all at. So, um, mm-hmm. have you heard us actually close out an episode yet? Have you listened to an entire episode? I don't know where you're going, but yeah, I have. <laughs> no, I'm sorry about that. I don't know if you, I didn't know if you've ever heard the ending, how Mike. This is Mike, the backhanded way for you to say, are you listening to what we put no, no, out no. there? Nope. No, it, it isn't. I just usually, it's, it's a question I ask people because, uh, you know, people, um, it, it makes me laugh if people are surprised by the way that, uh, that my little fucker friend over there closes out the episode, but one way or the other, you know, you're about to hear it now. So go ahead, fucker. Well, I thank you, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you all for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. As always, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Do something nice for somebody else this week and don't tell anybody about it. And now it is that time. It is time for you to fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over the gate. Dream the impossible dream and keep fucking off forever. <laughs> That's the part that I wasn't sure if you heard yet, Mike, but <laughs> can I can I add to that? Sure. Please. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. And that was yes. yeah, we uh that that was actually that ending was given to us by our sister, by the way, and we've been using it for we lost track of how long, but it's been a long fucking time and it makes me laugh every time. Mm-hmm. And I, I love when, uh, when we have a guest on, especially it more of that, that lead in was cause it, it's, I'm like a little kid trying to open up a present going, they're going to laugh. They're going to get, <laughs> it makes, I get more enjoyment out of it than anything else I think. But, um, so anyhow, so I make Bill oh, happy yeah, every, every goddamn time, every goddamn time. <laughs> but, uh, somehow that makes me happy. But so, uh, Mike, uh, we appreciate, really, really appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on tonight. Obviously, we know you weren't feeling good. So um, thank you. And, uh, you know, obviously, we'll see you around Instagram. Uh, fucker over there. I love you, brother. And I know we'll talk soon. I love you, too. All right, everyone. Have Bye. a good night. All right. Right on. You guys have a good one. All right. Take care. Bye. 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 As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.